church so good to be with you all you might notice that there's this tall 6'6 guy that's not with me this morning pastor eric is on his way um to illinois this morning um for a family funeral with his family and so keep him and his family in your thoughts and prayers he sends his love he's watching us this morning good hey good morning hon love you drive safe um, and so he'll be back next weekend. Um, but today we are in our summer series. Who has been enjoying the summer series? I know we have. Yeah, we've heard lots of people say, man, we've enjoyed this. And so we've been taking a journey through different cultural values here at Alive. Today is the last um, the last of this series, and then we'll have a guest speaker next Sunday that you guys won't want to miss, and then another guest speaker the weekend after that you won't want to miss. We told the team this morning, guys, we don't bring in guest speakers that we don't believe in, and so we really believe that they're coming with a word for a live, and so come with expectation the next couple Sundays as we have guest speakers in. We, Eric and I, will still be in the house, but they will be speaking. It'll be so great, but as a reminder, we've talked about a lot of different cultural values that we have here at Alive, what makes us who we are as a live family church. We are the body of Christ, we are God's local church, but every church has a different personality, a different flavor, a different emphasis. And so we've talked about some of those um, in this series. The first one we talked about two months ago was that the Bible is our truth, right? That's a foundational value, cultural value around here. And really for the last almost two months, we've been going through the Bible reading plan, which has been awesome, where we've all endeavored to read the same chapter of the Bible as um, every morning as we go through the summer, there's a couple more weeks of that left. If you haven't jumped on that train, there's bookmarks at the back. You can follow along if you want to start reading your Bible more every day. We've said, hey, it's really cool to bring your Bible to church. If you're going to bring your Bible anywhere, we celebrate you bringing it to church. And we've been giving away free candy every Sunday. We're not promising that that will continue after this Sunday. But this is the last Sunday of the summer series. So ushers, I have candy. If you brought your Bible to church, raise it real loud and proud and say, I'm proud to bring my Bible to church. The Bible is my truth. And the ushers will pass out some candy to you just to reward what we want repeated around here. Lots of other values we talked about. We talked about how faith is our response. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And so when we see God's word, our response to God's word is faith. We believe it. We believe that God is a man of his word. We talked about how we work hard and we rest well. We have a culture around here where, yeah, we, we work hard, but we also rest well. We have rhythms of Sabbath in our life. We have rhythms of um, prayer and reflection and Bible reading. We talked about how a uh, cultural value around here is that church is alive and fun. The last thing Jesus wanted his church to be was dead, dry, and boring. So we talked about what does that mean practically? The last three weeks, we talked about how generosity is our lifestyle. We talked about how one really practical way that we can be generous to our community is through Serve Day that's coming up on August 12th. If you guys haven't signed up for that, sign up for that. That's a real awesome way collectively that we can be a generous expression of who God is to our community. We're collecting gift cards um, from downtown businesses to give to local teachers. So thank you for participating in that. I think we already have over 40 gift cards that have been turned in, which is awesome. We're almost fully to being able to provide gift cards for one school. We'd love to do at least two schools. So thank you for participating in that. Generosity is our lifestyle. And we've gotten such great feedback from the community. So grateful that we're doing that. We've actually had some people from the community come in this week and drop off gift cards in the gift box because they wanted to be a part of it. So thank you guys. 
There's gold in you is a cultural value around here. We see the gold in one another. We believe that we're made on purpose for a purpose. All of us have gifts and talents and callings that God has put within us. We recognize that within ourselves, and we see that in others. And then last week, Pastor Eric did a tremendous job teaching on how one of our cultural values around here is that we see the one. We believe that if Jesus was a pastor in Livingston County, he'd be really passionate about reaching the one. He'd be really passionate about reaching, um, leaving the 99 to go after the one who is lost and who is hopeless, who doesn't have um, a relationship with his father. So today we're closing out with one last cultural value, and it is this, that prayer is our secret sauce. Prayer is our secret sauce. And as I say that, some of you guys are like, yes and amen, preach it down. I've seen God work in my life. I, I've prayed and I've seen God answer. I'm a prayer, but I want to be even more of a prayer. And I know that there's some others of you this morning that have just glossed over. And prayer sounds interesting, but it also feels like a job and another thing on your to-do list. Maybe you're here this morning and you hear that we're going to talk about prayer and you're like, I'm not good at it. I don't know how to do it. It seems too abstract. How do I know God's hearing me? How do I know that there's going to be an answer? It feels, I can't put my hands around it, so I don't even want to get involved. But in, in simple terms, prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is simply a conversation with our creator. You know, many of us have an ongoing text thread with those who are close with us, or maybe a group thread that you're talking with people that are close to you all throughout the day. God's saying, I want to be on a text thread with you. I want you talking with me all throughout the day, just like you do those who are close to you. I want to hear about when you burnt the bread in the morning, and I want to hear about what your coworker said to you that upset you. I want to, I want to be in your life. I want to have a relationship with you, just like you have a relationship with those that are closest to you. And so this morning we're talking about how prayer is our secret sauce. I'm so passionate about it. I really believe that the Lord has something really specific for each and every one of us. So I encourage you to lean in, come with expectation as we open up God's word on this topic. Prayer is our secret sauce. Why is prayer our secret sauce? I've got three thoughts this morning. And the first one is this. Prayer is our secret sauce because it helps us know God. It helps us know God. Here's the deal, guys. God is a knowable God. He is a God that can be known and wants to be known. He knows us. He knows the number of hairs on our head and he knows all the inner workings. He knew us while we were still being knit together in our mother's womb. He knows us really well, better than we know ourselves. but he wants us to know him and he is capable of being known. We have access to the most creative, intelligent, wise, loving, encouraging being that ever existed. Not only that, but he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows how he wired us. He knows the purpose and the mission that we're on earth for. And he's crazy about us. He loves us in spite of everything he knows about us. And he's our biggest cheerleader and our biggest fan. We have access to that person. This is a horrible analogy because there's no one like our God. But if you think of someone that's a lot smarter than you and maybe a lot more successful than you, maybe someone like Elon Musk might come to mind. Imagine you knowing Elon Musk personally. 
and he really likes you. He knows your family. He knows all about you. And for whatever reason, he wants to get to know you. He has a lot of access to help you be successful. And he says, hey, I want, I want you, Elon looks at you, he says, I want you to call me every day. And I want you to be texting me with me throughout the day because I want to do whatever it takes for you to be successful. And I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure you have all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all the connections that you need. I think we'd take him up on that. What about someone in your profession, maybe a specialist or maybe um, a, a, a pro in your field or maybe someone that you really look up to and you're like, man, they're really doing what I hope to do someday. Or man, they really seem to have a lot of things going for them. I'd love to mentor under them. I'd love to be in their corner. Imagine someone like that says, hey, I believe in you and I want you texting with me every day. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to help you. God is that times a million. He's saying, I want you to have access to me. I've got all the connections you need. I've got all the knowledge and the wisdom you need. I have all the unconditional love for you that you need. Call me. Text me. Beep me if you want to reach me. That was not in my notes, but it just came out. Hannah Montana, is that what that was? Lord, help us. God is a knowable God. Why does it matter that we know God personally? That kind of sounds like a churchy phrase. Prayer is a secret sauce because we can get to know God. But we actually can. He actually is a knowable God, and he is a genius. He is our creator. He is all-knowing, and we actually have access to know him. Pastor Mark Hankins says something that I love. He says, the Holy Spirit is a genius. If you listen to him... He will make you look smart. Why is it important that we know God personally? Because he's a genius. Hello, in every sense of the word. And if, if we listen to him, not just hear him, but listen to him, he will make us look smart. Um, the great scientist Sir Isaac Newton said it this way. He said, I can take my telescope and look millions of miles into space, but I can go away to my room and in prayer get nearer to God in heaven than I can when assisted by all the telescopes of earth. That's so good. I think that's probably what the Apostle Paul meant when he was, when he was writing under the influence of the Holy Spirit to the church of Philippi. And he said this in Philippians 3.8. He said, yes, everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is of value. The greatest, amazing, priceless, infinite value thing that I have in my life is the ability to know God, to know him personally. For this sake, I have discarded everything else, and I've counted all as rubbish that I could gain Christ. We can know God. Just like we know our best friend and something happens and we, all, we both know what the other person's thinking and we look across the table and we laugh without saying a word because we know each other, we can know God in that way. Or maybe you're a parent in the room and you know your child and you know the buttons that, you know what buttons to press to have the reaction and maybe you see your child playing with a kid on the playground and that kid starts pressing your kid's buttons and you know your kid so well you know the reaction that's going to happen. We can know God that way. We can know God in the same way that you know your parents and your siblings. You know where they came from. They, you know the stuff they've gone through. You know the lens that they see the world. You know what motivates them. You know what aggravates them. We can know God in the same way. God is a knowable God. 
Yes, he is infinite and all-knowing and the creator of all things, but he's not outside of our reach. God is a knowable God. We can know God's voice. We can know God's character. We can know what makes God laugh and what makes him cry. We can know God's disposition and posture towards things. We can know how God feels. We can know the nature of God. So why is prayer our secret sauce? Because it's one of the major ways that we get to know God. Here at Alive Family Church, our mission as a church is to help people know God personally and live for him passionately because we believe that God is a knowable God. So Alive Family Church, I hope you know that you can know God personally. Two main ways that we get to know God. One is by reading the word reading his love letter to us, the Bible, reading, getting in and every day, we get to know him and his character and what he likes and what he doesn't like and, and his promises towards us. But the other major way that we get to know him is by talking to him, just like you get to know anybody. You talk to them, you get to know them, you hang out with them, and that happens in prayer as well. Check out a couple more scriptures. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life. What's eternal life? That they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. What is eternal life? Knowing intimately our creator. We can have, we can know, experience eternal life here on earth as we know him. And that word know is a, is a really intimate know in the way that a husband knows a wife. We can know God, our creator, intimately. God says in Jeremiah um, 9, 23, God says, if you're going to brag, brag of this and this only, that you understand and know me. God says, I'm God, and, and this is who I am. I act in loyal love, and I do what's right and set things right and fair, and I delight in those who do the same. These are my trademarks, God's decree. God is a knowable God. James 4, 8, God said, Scripture says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, our God is a knowable God. As we draw near to him in prayer, he draws near to us and we can know him. And that's why we got to always keep our text thread of prayer open to God. I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. We read this earlier um, in our Bible reading plan this summer. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Other translations say, never stop praying. And this is the key. Prayer is not something that you kneel before your bed and you pray for however many minutes in the morning and then you forget about God for the rest of the day. Prayer is an ongoing conversation. It's a text thread that doesn't get left. You're talking to God throughout the day. It's a prayversation. It's a conversation. Pray without ceasing. That's how you get to know someone. Someone that you talk to once a week or once a month does not have nearly the depth of relationship with you as a person that you talk to daily, moment by moment, event by event. And that's the type of relationship God wants with us. We need to be praying and talking to God all throughout the day. Prayer is our secret sauce because it helps us know God personally. Here's another reason why prayer is our secret sauce. There's lots of reasons. I'm just talking about three this morning. Another reason is because God wants us to ask him. There are lots of different forms of prayer, right? Part of prayer is listening. Part of prayer is, a form of prayer is praise and declaring and speaking the word. But one of the most simple and powerful forms of prayer is simply making requests to God, asking him. 
asking him about things and asking him for things, bringing supplication to him. Supplication is just a really passionate request. And God likes it. He loves it when we ask him. He asks us, he tells us to ask him. And God built the world in such a way to give us free will. If God didn't give us free will, then asking him wouldn't even be part of the equation because we wouldn't have the choice. Our life would be whatever God made it to be, and we wouldn't have options or choices. We would just be robots. But God purposely, intentionally made the world in such a way to give us free will so that we could have relationship with him. And part of that relationship is a give and take of conversation and giving us the free will to ask him things. God wants our relationship set up that way. Part of any good relationship is communication, and part of that communication is asking questions. Consider this quote from the great evangelist Billy Graham. He said, heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one ever bothered to ask. Heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one ever bothered to ask. Does that quote bother you? Does it bother you to know that there's things in heaven with your name on it? I mean, if this is true, then that means there's things in heaven with your name on it waiting to be shipped out to you. Hopefully UPS, not FedEx, right? To get to you. (laughs) But you just need to ask. You just need to press submit. You just need to make your request known to God. That bothers me. If there's presence under the tree in heaven with my name on it, and I don't know that or experience that this side of heaven, and it's left there unopened when I get there, that's a major bummer. Talk about FOMO. That's a good form of FOMO. Let that motivate you. But the question is, is that scriptural? Is what Billy Graham said scriptural? And it is. Check out James 4.2. It says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. What? There's so many more scriptures we're going to go to that talk about this concept. Check out what um, another evangelist, John Wesley, from the 1700s said about a similar. He said, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Unless someone asks him. It's true, we serve a limitless God, but he has chose to limit himself to be in relationship with us so that he doesn't just automatically... He's sovereign, and he can give us what we want without us asking, but he wants us to ask. I've told this before, and I think I said it in the the faith series. As a mom, I understand this. God would much rather have our asking than our whining. Every parent in the room knows. If your kid politely says, Mom, I just really would love to have this. It's a desire of my heart. Could we make this happen sometime? I love those kind of questions, but when it's, why don't we ever do this, and all my friends have this, and I wish I had this, it's different, right? God wants us to ask. Be vulnerable. It takes an element of vulnerability to ask, right? He wants us to ask. Check out John 16, 23 through 24. Um, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, Jesus said. Ask. 
that you will receive so that your joy may be full. We could just talk about this scripture for the rest of the morning. Jesus said, ask my father. He's got lots of stuff with your name on it. You got to ask for it. Ask so that you can receive it. Why? So that your joy may be full. So prayer is our secret sauce, and part of that is to help us know God personally. But prayer is also our secret sauce because we ask God, and God wants us to ask him because he wants our joy to be full. And here's the deal. God is not a genie in a bottle. He is not a slot machine. He is um, jealous for our heart. He wants our heart. He wants our devotion. He wants to be the number one thing in our life. He wants us to abide in him so that we can abide in him. He wants first and foremost relationship with us. But once we can say with all of our heart, he is my one thing. He has my heart. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. You are my everything. You have my heart and my devotion. I don't want it unless you want it for me, God. When that is our posture of our heart, then God says, ask me what you desire. What do you want, child? Because really you don't know it, but your desires, my desires have actually become your desires. So God says, ask me. And honestly, the other, other day, I think it's been months now, I was just having some time with the Lord and just reflecting and, and a moment of gratitude towards the Lord. And just, and, and just thinking about some different things in my life that I'm just so grateful for, and, I'm thank, and I was thanking him. And in that time of reflection and, and gratitude, I had the awareness that all of the good things in my life I asked for, I prayed about. They're all answers to prayers. And I thought, man, prayer is our secret sauce. I was thinking and reflecting on Eric, and he shared a little bit of his story and our story last week, but I was thinking about Eric and thanking God for him and thanking God for Eric's heart for him, and I was reminded that it wasn't always that way, and I was reminded I asked for that. I was reminded that I was once an 18-year-old love-struck girl, and I pleaded. I, I realized he doesn't have a relationship with God, and I really want him to be in heaven, whether we end up together or not, and so I pleaded. I asked God. God, get a hold of his heart. I want him to be in heaven. And God answered that prayer. And he one-upped it more than you can ask, think or imagine. Called him to ministry and did a lot more than I asked. I was looking out at our house, and um, we have a pool. And I was just like, Lord, thank you for this house. This is more than we could ask, think, or imagine. And he reminded that I, me that I actually did ask for it. About a decade ago, Eric and I had a, uh, really a whole day where we just sought the Lord and sought one another and said, what, what's the vision? What's in our heart? What's the desire of our heart? If, if we could write our ticket in life, like what's in there? Because we're abiding in, in the Lord. And we just, Lord, what are you calling us to? What is the thing that we desire? And one of the things we said, God, we'd really love a four-bedroom house with a pool and a lot of land. And at the time, we are in a bi-level and our entry was like a two-foot by four-foot entry that you couldn't fit more than two people in. And I said, in a really large entry to our house, and we wrote it down. And, and the, our, the house that we have right now is an answer to prayer. Something that at the time that we wrote it down, it was laughable. And really, even today, it's laughable. But God answers prayers. He wants to know what we desire. I think of our kids and 
So, you know, they're not full grown and adults yet, but they're doing good. So proud of you guys. And they're so embarrassed right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that second service. Um, but thinking about what God's doing in their life and remembering the prayers that I prayed for them even before they were born, and God's just so faithful to answer, right? I was thinking about, you know, Eric and I are so grateful to be called to be your pastors and what God's doing in and among us. And, and, um, and I was just grateful for that. God, thank you that, you've, that you called us to lead alive, and thank you for what you're doing. And um, he reminded me that I asked him about that. Around the same time, about 10 years ago, someone asked me a really random question and said, if you could minister to anybody, like if you had an, you had an hour to share the gospel with any person or any people group, who would you, who would that be? And instantly, without even thinking about it, I was like, Livingston County, the people in the families I graduated with, like, I don't care about, I care about other people, but I'm like, I want them saved. And they're like, really? Like out of everybody. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I walked away from that conversation and just kind of whispered in my heart to the Lord, God, give me an opportunity. Like, give us the opportunity to minister to Livingston County. Obviously, it was his desire that felt like my own desire, but God answers prayers. Pastor Beth, who you'll hear in two Sundays, she says this, and I'm taking it. We've got to put our ask in gear. God really does want us to ask him for things because he really does want us to receive them so that our joy may be full and that we can look back and say, God, you are faithful. None of this is me. None of this is anything other than your goodness and your faithfulness to be true to your word. Amen? So God wants us to ask, and the last thought I want to say um, is that God wants us to ask in faith. He wants us to ask in faith. Another quote by John Wesley, he said, God does nothing except in response to a believing prayer. God does not just want us to pray and make requests like without our heart or our faith attached to it, right? He wants us to call on him in faith because, you know, someone can, that's why text messaging can be dangerous so, so much. So maybe a text conversation with God's not the best illustration, but someone can text some words over and sometimes you're like, but how did they say that? Because those words could be said a lot of different ways and the way that they're said has a different meaning based on the tone, right? And so when God says, come to me in faith, our prayer might have the same words but sound different. For example, maybe you're praying for a family member or a spouse and you want God to get a hold of their heart. You could say something like, God, I ask for you to do something in my spouse's life. Do something. Because she needs you, but she's so stubborn. She probably won't even respond to you, but maybe you could work a miracle. That's not really faith-filled. You're kind of asking, but you're kind of complaining, right? A different type of prayer would be to say something like, God, I'm desperate for you to move in my spouse's life. I know you love him or her. I know you have good plans for them. I know you're able to do a miracle in their heart and in their life, so soften their heart and speak to them tenderly and break down the walls. God, I know you will. And I see it and I believe it in Jesus' name. Those, those were two requests in two very different postures. You guys tracking? God wants us to ask in faith. So you might ask, how do I pray in faith? Well, we know scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Worship team, why don't you guys come up? We're going to close. 
um, in a little bit here. But worship team, why don't you guys come on up and get ready. I'm going to share a couple more scriptures. And at the close of service, I'd love to have a moment where we just are able to pray. Does that sound good? Teaching and application. How do you grow in your faith? You read the word. And so how do you pray in faith? You pray according to the word of God, according to his will. And so maybe you're like, man, I just want to ask God. I want to pray about this. A good next question would be, God, what does your word say about it? Because I want to pray according to your will. I want to pray in faith. And so that example that I just prayed, there's a bunch of scriptures in there. God, I know your plans are good. That's a scripture, right? God, I, um, I know that you do miracles. God, soften his heart and speak tenderly, take down the walls. Those are all references to scriptures. And so I'm able to pray that in faith because it's based on what God said in his word. Amen. Let me share a couple of scriptures with you. First John 5, 14 through 15 says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That we, if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, if we ask anything according to his will, what do we know? We know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that whatever we ask, we, 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 he hears whatever we ask. We know we have the petitions that we have asked him for. That's faith because we're praying according to what God's word says. We are to ask in faith. Check out Mark eleven twenty two through 24. It says, so Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. It's not just asking, but it's asking in faith. And believes that those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask, other translations say, whatever you desire when you ask, whatever you ask, again, assuming that you're abiding with the Lord and and it's according to his will. Believe that you have received them and you will have them. We ask and we ask in faith this morning. I know there's so many of us that came here this morning that maybe you need to know God more personally. Maybe that's revelation. God, I didn't know that I could know you like my friend. I could, I could know your posture. I could know your heart. I could know your nature. I could know what you like and what you don't like. I could know your voice. In a moment, we're going to go into a time of song, and I just encourage you to just start the conversation with God. Start telling him how you feel. Start telling, casting your cares on him. Start telling him about desires on your heart. Start the conversation. Maybe this morning you came in and you have things that have been building in your heart, and maybe you've complained to your friends and your family, your neighbors, and maybe you've even complained to God about it, but maybe you haven't really asked yet clearly. God, I know I've talked to you about this, but maybe I haven't vulnerably, specifically asked you a specific request. Maybe this morning you just need to have a moment to say, God, I know we've talked about this, but I don't think I've clearly asked you. God, would you do this in my life, in my family's life? Because I believe you're able to. One last scripture, James 1, 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith, without doubting. The context of this is asking for wisdom. But when you need wisdom, ask God for wisdom. But when you ask for wisdom, is the context of the scripture, ask in faith. Don't just ask, but ask with expectation that God is actually going to give you wisdom. 
without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave tossed in the sea back and going back and forth in the wind. And if you ask with a little bit of faith and a little bit of doubt, not, don't, don't let that man suppose that he would receive anything from the Lord. For he's double-minded, unstable in all of his ways. That's some strong language. God's saying, ask me in faith. Believe that I'm good. Believe that I'm faithful. Believe that I answer prayers. Amen. So prayer is our secret sauce. And in in just a moment, we're going to go into a time of worship. But before we do, I want to just let you know, there's lots of different ways to grow in prayer at Alive. If you're like, man, I want to, I want prayer to be a more a part of my life. I want to learn how to pray or I want my prayer life to grow. There's so many different ways to grow in your prayer life at Alive. On a monthly basis, on the first Sunday night of every month, we have a night of prayer and worship. We actually don't have it um, this coming um, first Sunday because Pastor Jeff and Beth will be here. But starting in September and then for the rest of the year, the first Sunday night of every month, come. If you don't know what it's going to look like, it's kind of like the moment we're about to go into where it's worship and it's prayer and it's heartfelt. And we're going to do that for like five minutes here. Sunday night's an hour of that. It's so refreshing. Come, we invite you to come to that. Some other ways, we've got different prayer crews, small groups that pray. In January, um, well, actually in August, we're about to start 21 days of prayer. Every August, we do 21 days of prayer. Every January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. So in a couple weeks here, we'll start 21 days of prayer and we'll encourage you in the first 15 challenge. What would it look like if you took the first 15 minutes of every day, worshiped for five minutes, prayed for five minutes, was in your word for five minutes, and then every January we do 21 days of prayer and fasting after we eat all the junk from the holidays and get out of our rhythm. We consecrate ourselves afresh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And actually in January we have a basics 301 class four nights where we really dive into the topic of prayer. So lots of different ways to grow in prayer. But right now, we have an opportunity to come to the Lord with expectation, with prayer. I'm going to ask the team to go back into that last song that we sang, Same God, reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, that we can stand on his faithfulness. He's been faithful in our lives personally. He's been faithful to his people for generations. And sometimes at the end of service, we have a response song, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's a quick, like, one- or two-minute response. This morning, I, I told the team, I'd love for, for us to do almost the whole song, to have a good four or five minutes, whatever, however the Lord leads, for people to really just not be hurried. So I invite you. There's plenty of space up here. If you're like, I need to get away from the people I'm sitting next to. No offense. And I just need to get in my own space. Feel free to come forward to worship or to kneel and to pray and come to the Lord in that way. At the end of worship, Ian, our youth director, will be up to close service. Would you you guys stand with me and we'll pray and then we'll go into this time of worship and prayer. Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you that we can know you. You're a knowable God. And God, we want to get to know you more. We all have ways that we can get to know you more, more fully, more authentically. In this next moment, would you reveal yourself afresh? Would you speak afresh? Lord, many of us came this morning with questions or with concerns or with things going on in our heart and our mind. As we come to you in prayer, would you speak? Would you comfort? Would you lead? Would you guide? 
just as you promised to, the Holy Spirit comes as a counselor, as a guider, remind us of the truth, our comforter, our standby. And Lord, in this moment, maybe we just need to get honest and real. Instead of complaining or talking about it, maybe there's something that we need to clearly draw the line in the sand and ask you in faith. Ask you to move in our kid's life. Ask you to move in our marriage. Ask you in faith. God, we thank you that we know that if we ask according to your will, that you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, then we know that we have received the petitions of our heart even before we see them in physical manifestation. Lord, we thank you that you're good. We stand on your faithfulness and we come to you in this time of worship and prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.